Welcome to the Colette Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell. I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. Now, collect is kind of a funny-sounding word, but it's spelled like collect, as in you might collect less common souvenirs from Jerusalem, including the falafel refrigerator magnet, the camel spoon, and cufflinks shaped like the skyline of the old city. Nice! You know, actually, it's funny. Um, I was hoping for more tacky religious kitsch to be Mm -hmm. um, in the Jerusalem souvenir category, but I didn't find much. So. Oh, well, that's okay. Mm, I guess yeah. I'm glad it's not that tacky. Yeah, yeah. Makes me feel good. And we're talking about Jerusalem today. We are. Be- because this week's collect is for the feast day of St. James of Jerusalem, which is on October 23rd. Yep. I believe this is the third James that we have talked about. Uh, I think it is, too. We've talked about St. James the Less and St. James the Great, and this is St. James of Jerusalem. Uh, Also, the brother, or depending on what you think about Mary's perpetual virginity, uh, cousin of Jesus. (laughs) Yes, and also he's referred to as St. James the Just. Mm -hmm. Just cause. Yeah. So, let's, uh, let's get this prayer going. All right. This one can be found on page 245 of the Book of Common Prayer, in case you didn't know. (laughs) Grant, O God, that following the example of your servant, James the Just, brother of our Lord, your church may give itself continually to prayer and to the reconciliation of all who are at variance and enmity. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You know, Holly, as I was researching this episode, you know, I think it's pretty easy to overlook the fact that James was kind of a big deal. Yeah? Yeah, so, you know, in the early church, there was uh, there were disputes arising about how Gentiles, that is, non-Jews, would be part of the faith, because Christianity started off as a sect of Judaism. Right. And so there were these questions about whether converts to Christianity would have to be circumcised or keep the Jewish dietary laws and all that kind of thing. And so there was a dispute uh, between Peter and Paul about this. While Peter gets all this credit for founding the church, uh, the two of them actually went to James in Jerusalem to resolve the dispute. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's right there in Acts, but it's an easy one to overlook that at one of these critical junctures in the church's history, James was right there. Very cool. And apparently he was a bishop for 30 years. So, you know, that's a long time. I hope he got a good pension. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he got a pension. He was was martyred. Doe. Yeah. 
it was uh, bishop was not like an awesome job description in any kind of temporal sense uh, in the early church. Yeah, I could see that. You know, on the plus side, you didn't have to make like an eighteen percent contribution to the church pension fund because you know, <laughs> chances were you were going to die before retirement. Valid point. Yeah. So this collect, what do we think? I like it. Yeah, well, it's no surprise that we like it, Brendan. Yeah, well, it it is written by the Reverend Dr. Massey Shepard Jr. Hashtag Shepard for life. Yeah. (laughs) Although it does start out unusually for a collect. How's that? It would normally say something like, Oh God, who provided the example of your servant James, grant that are your church and so it's just kind of a little bit inverted there i think it's fine i'm not concerned but it is just a little different no but but the reverend dr massey shepherd jr is clearly innovating with the collect form here because we've barely got an attribution so it's just oh god oh god and then we go straight into the petition Mm-hmm. Or actually, we start with the petition, then attribution, then back to petition. And, you know, although we tend to be liturgical curmudgeons, <laughs> which <laughs> is basically the title of our co-autobiography, um, <laughs> I, I'm not mad at this type of innovation. No, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But it's a pretty straightforward ask. Ask that your church may give itself continually to prayer and to the reconciliation of all who are at variance. Yeah, so I think the second part of that is actually uh, really important as we think about what the role of the church is in the world. Uh, being an agent of reconciliation of people who are at variance and enmity, that that's something I think the church has to say about because there are not a lot of other entities in our culture that are encouraging that kind of reconciliation. No, that's really true. And if you think about, you know, the the cable news channels or Twitter flame wars, um, or you know, some of the uh, some of the things that have happened within our own church, we've got some work to do here. And I actually have a little bit of optimism um, about the church having some ability to model this, uh, because you know, for for those of you who were following how the issue of same-sex marriage was treated at the most recent general convention. We've kind of created some sort of pathway forward where people on both sides of that issue have decided that even though we disagree with each other, sometimes passionately, uh, that we're going to stay together. That's going to be awkward, and we are going to have to learn how to do it, and people are going to make mistakes and treat each other badly, hopefully mostly inadvertently. But I'm hopeful that we can get some real practice uh, at reconciliation as a church, uh, as how, to how to be good to one another. That's such a good point. You know, I was, I was more thinking about the church's role in, well, I guess I had Jerusalem on the brain uh, because I was thinking about the church's role in the Israel-Palestine conflict, mm-hmm. the church's role in uh, the Syrian refugee crisis, yeah. and and things of that sort, and and how how often I have felt uh, real talk here, confession time. When I was at general convention this past year, um, there were times that I felt like. 
why are we passing a resolution telling us to condemn this type of violence or whatever because no one cares what the church thinks (laughs) (laughs) we could be spending our time much better doing other things and and maybe that's true i'm I'm not saying that that this college has changed my mind, but it has given me something to think about as far as whether that is, in fact, the most important thing that we do. Yeah, I I guess the question in my mind about that is, it's clear that the church has something to say about these issues of violence, whether in the Middle East or people trekking across Europe, fleeing war and all, all that kind of thing. It's clear the church has a role there. I'm just, where, where I get curmudgeonly about this is it's not clear to me that sternly worded uh, resolutions do anything. Right. Uh, so, you know, I look at some of the work that Episcopal Migration Ministries is doing, for instance. Uh, clearly, they're taking a high-profile role in the church with respect to the current refugee crisis and looking at opportunities for resettlement um, in the U.S. And, and maybe it takes sternly worded resolutions to enable activities like that. I don't know. Yeah, right. I'm I'm 100% with you. And I, I do think, though, that this collect is, at least for me, a good reminder that, that just as James helped resolve a dispute in the church, um, that we are called to reconcile people in dispute. So one way I think that we can ask our listeners to do that, uh, and this is a simple, small way, has to do with, I don't know, say how we behave on social media, Uh, whether you get all argumentative with conservative slash liberal Uncle Fred (laughs) on Facebook or whatever, which is really just an awkward segue into... (laughs) The fact that this coming Sunday is uh, Social Media Sunday. The next thing you're going to hear is an interview that we did with Carolyn Clement, uh, one of the organizers of Social Media Sunday, uh, about this event coming up. And so uh, we'll play that for you now, and then we will be back with the Twitter challenge. My name is Carolyn Clement, and I'm in Simsbury, Connecticut, and I am a volunteer church communicator at Trinity Episcopal Church in Terrafield, Connecticut. Where is Terrafield? My family's sort of ancestral home is in Chester, and I've never heard of that town. Yeah, it's a small village in the town of Simsbury. It's about uh, 12 miles northwest of Hartford, not too far south of the Massachusetts border. Okay. We're uh, here to talk about uh, Social Media Sunday. Uh, The second one is coming up on um, October 20. Do I have the date right? 25th. Well, so can you tell me about what the origin of Social Media Sunday is? Because I don't see it on the liturgical calendar. (laughs) Okay, yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I was volunteering doing uh, social media management for my parish and decided to host what we called a Social Media Sunday in June of 2013. And it was an opportunity for members of our church to be encouraged and learn how to use digital tools to both share their faith and connect with one another. And then also to share our stories and our church with the community and and the, the greater digital world. So we started off with an announcement at the beginning of church after some weeks leading up to the event 
announcements in various church bulletins and newsletters, et cetera. And then people were invited to participate as they were comfortable. So there was some tweeting of sermon points. There were pictures posted on Instagram, some video posted from uh, the choir singing, you know, people just checking in and, and, and kind of lots of them marveling that they were tweeting from church that day. So it was great. We had a really wonderful experience. And so then the next year, in conjunction with a friend of mine who is a, a volunteer church communicator at an Episcopal church in Crevker, Missouri, we decided to take it to the whole Episcopal church. And we invited the whole Episcopal church to, to uh, participate. And, you know, really the, the church at large, we had other denominations that were participating in it as well. And that was last year, 2014. And we had something like 10 million social media impressions using the hashtag Episcopal, hashtag SM Sunday, and then we also followed hashtag Social Media Sunday. And then hashtag Episcopal, SM Sunday, and Social Media Sunday were all trending topics at one time during that day. So, you know, anytime you can make hashtag Episcopal a trending topic on Twitter, you know you're on the right track. Yeah, yeah I remember waking up that morning and seeing and checking to see what was trending on Twitter. And this was like at 8.30 or 9 or so. And uh-huh. the uh, and one of the top topics was uh, hashtag Taco Bell. And <laughs> I had this sort of feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach wondering if we were going to beat Taco Bell. And, uh, <laughs> and we did. Yeah, yay. <laughs> at least for a period of time. We even <laughs> had the, uh, the uh, Archbishop of Canterbury tweeted about Social Media Sunday that day. So that was also a, a, a happy moment for the organizers to see that. So this year, we're taking it to the planet, you know, um, reaching out to all people of faith and any denomination is invited to participate and view the church online that day. So can you tell me a bit more about what you're hoping to accomplish with engaging the church in social media in this way? Well, first of all, you know, we are commanded to go into the world. Jesus spent his time where the people were hanging out and people are clearly hanging out on social media. You know, a few weeks ago, on I think it was a Monday, there were one billion people on one day uh, who checked in on Facebook, who were who um, were on Facebook in that one day. A billion people on Facebook in one day. I mean, that's where people are, is using social media. So, if we take our charge seriously to go connect with people, serve people, invite people, share with people, then we have to be be using social media tools to do that. So that's number one. But the the second thing that is is important that's a it's an important benefit of social media Sunday is really helping people feel comfortable using digital tools to share their faith. So people are living out large parts of their lives online. They are sharing and posting and talking about very, very important things. They use these tools in their lives, and for a while, they would then come into the church, the church doors, and be told, you know, put away your phones, turn off your phones, that's not respectful. And so there became this sharp divide between people's online digital lives and their physical worship lives. And we're trying to help people learn tools to integrate the two to 
really feel comfortable and know how to use the tools so that they can grow their faith, share their faith, serve others using digital tools. And this is a part of bringing that to a lot of parishes where that currently doesn't exist. One of the critiques that I've heard of of social media in church in general, but I suppose the critique got magnified around Social Media Sunday, was this idea that you know people using their phones to tweet during church and uh, take pictures and things like that is disruptive and undignified. Um, how, how do you think about that? Um, first of all, the you know there there's a lot of misperception about the use of digital tools, mobile technology particularly, and social media tools. It, that's generally by people who do not themselves use those tools. Uh, you hear a lot of, oh, everyone's just fiddling with their phones, or no one's living in the real world. They're only looking at their phones. They don't know how to conf- have, have conversations with people. They don't know how to era- interact with people. They're just using their phones all the time. And you know, I would challenge that and say that what people are doing on their phones is connecting with other people. It's important that we allow people who are most comfortable connecting with others to do that in a way that they are comfortable, which for many is using their digital devices. Now, churches have participated in in different ways. Some church congregations are very comfortable using digital devices in the service and a lot of that comes from the leadership if the leadership invites them to do so they're more comfortable to to do that Uh, and some are not and the churches that are not as comfortable using digital uh, devices during the service a lot of them are participating in social media sunday before and after the service and there are ways they can Mm. do that like hosting a social media help desk at coffee hour setting up a selfie station in the narthex um, encouraging people to check in or post even later on from home after they get home after church so you know there's i know there are a lot of different comfort uh, levels with social media and there are lots of different ways that that people can participate well and one of the observations that that you know, I saw was that, you know, there, there are some churches where the idea of taking pictures uh, during the service and, and you know, tweeting and things like that is authentic to sort of just how that parish might happen to be in general. You know, I go to a more, uh, I suppose, a more formal church, uh, although we're very active users of social media, where we were definitely more in kind of the before and after camp, uh, not so much the during. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, this is, the, you know, it's all about um, figuring out ways that we can comfortably use these tools to do what we do in the physical world as well as in the digital world. So to share our stories and to support each other and to serve each other and to invite the community in the physical world, we should also be doing those things in the digital world. You you mentioned uh, selfies uh, just a minute ago. And one of the more interesting critiques of of social media and the church that I've heard uh, is with regard to the ash tag surrounding uh, Ash Wednesday some potential conflict between this medium of the selfie and the rend your heart and not your garment? Well, I would say that everyone has their own experience of faith and their own relationship with their faith. And for those for whom that is not comfortable, they definitely should not do that. 
you know, that doesn't mean that they should stop people from the expression of, of their faith, which may in fact be very different because we're, we all mm. experience things just in such dramatically different ways. And, you know, we should be celebrating and honoring the differences in how we feel comfortable sharing our faith with the world. So can you tell me about any stories that you've heard of uh, tangible results from either Social Media Sunday or church social media use in general? Well, for our church in particular, we've had really great success with, with using social media. We center that primarily on our Facebook page, and we have some Facebook groups as well that we use. We particularly had a great success inviting people using Facebook um, e- events and posting that on community pages. We've had a number of families join our church, come visit our church, attend events, reach out, etc. as a result of just creating that simple content of Facebook events and then the, you know, the regular uh, pictures and posts and, and engagement with folks. So we have definitely seen tangible results with people coming to visit and, and then joining our church because we've used social media. And Everyone who's going to try out a church for the first time is looking for their digital footprint online before they ever walk through that door. So they're going to look at the website. They're going to um, look for them on Facebook. Uh, They may check them out on Twitter. You know, it's likely that they have a friend or or a social media contact that has shared content from that page, um, and they're going to check that out. So you know, it's just important that the church be regularly producing that content so the members can do what we're called to do, which is to reach out person to person using social media tools to to share that and invite folks and let them know what, what our story is. Yeah, we've had a really similar experience at All Saints that uh, uh, a great uh, deal of our new members lately uh, have told us that uh, they were checking us out digitally long before they walked through our doors. Yeah, it was interesting. We had um, a new family visiting our church recently, and and this was uh, a family that, um, you know, I, I think hadn't maybe hadn't ever been to church or hadn't been in a long time. But um, during the service, I happened to notice that that they were taking some photos in the pew of you know like. Um, the kids and, you know, parents and the kids. And, and I thought, you know, this is because this is how people live their lives. You know, the whole adage of if I didn't get a picture of it, does it, did it really happen? Does it exist? I mean, that's how people are experiencing their lives is, is through the photos that they're taking and sharing and looking back on. And, you know, here was this great family and, you know, they probably had never been told, Oh, church is not a place where we share our lives. And so there they were (laughs) visiting and sharing their lives and sending, you know, pictures. Oh, Hey, this is us in church. You know, maybe they're sending it to grandma. I I have no idea who, but um, I just was so delighted to see that. And I thought, you know, this is someone who has never been told don't share your church life. And so when they took that step into the building, they immediately and without hesitation began sharing where they were what they were doing, smiles on their face. And, um, you know, that's the way we all should be sharing is this is where I am today. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm loving about being here. This is why I'm sharing it with all you people that I think might be interested. And um, so part of 
Social Media Sunday is to help people integrate those two parts of their lives and feel comfortable and confident in, in sharing what they're doing. So if our listeners want to participate in Social Media Sunday, what's the best way to do that? What hashtags should they be using? Okay, we're going with one hashtag this year. It's hashtag SMS15, stands for Social Media Sunday 15, 2015. So hashtag SMS15. And we are centering all of our resources on a Facebook group. So the group is called um, Social Media Sunday 2015. So it's facebook.com slash groups slash SMS 15. And they can go there for resources, for graphics that people have created. I think someone posted as a sermon for Social Media Sunday um, recently, a liturgy, a blessing of mobile devices that they've used in <laughs> to, to honor God. So there, you know, there's a wide variety of things that, that people in churches can use. But one thing that I have heard um, from people, in particular on Twitter, uh, I have heard people saying, um, oh, my church is, is not going to participate. That is not our thing. We can't get it together. We have something else going on in church that day, whatever. And I, you know, it's really important to realize that, that, you, that all individuals are invited to participate, whether or not your church is. So if you are a person who is um, inclined to participate in so Social Media Sunday, do so that day. It doesn't mean you have to stand up in you know, the middle of, of the service and take a selfie, but you can check in on Facebook when you arrive. You can um, post a status. You can take a picture of something, you know, your favorite place at your church or in the churchyard and use the hashtag and post it to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Um, you know, you can make a little Vine video. You can Periscope a, a hymn. Um, being sung. So there are lots of ways that individuals can and should participate. And one of the great things about Social Media Sunday is the way that it just allows us to see each other and find each other online, right? So it's right. sort of like, um, you know, like, a, like family reunions in the summer, right? Everyone gets together and everyone loves the fact that you have this whole sort of team of people that maybe you don't love or even like all of them, but <laughs> they're all part of your messy family and you're happy to be there sharing potato salad with them and you know you have matching family t-shirts etc well this is sort of like the church's family reunion digitally only instead of matching t-shirts we all have the matching hashtag we have the hashtag sms15 so this is our chance to really see each other and see what we're doing and see the diversity in uh, you know worship and faith and um, participation in, and churches all all over the the world really so I encourage everyone to engage and, and share something and also check out the hashtag that day on, on every social media platform. Let's see where, where we pop up. Well, Carolyn, thank you uh, so much for uh, spending this time with me and sharing uh, this project. It's had a tremendous impact on the church for, for its origins with uh, just a couple of lay people doing their thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a lot of fun. So, it's very, very. Uh, it's it's really a delight to see, and I, I'm really excited to see what happens that day. So, I'll be the one in the choir loft um, on my mobile phone that day. So, <laughs> no judgment. Great. All right, and uh, and for our listeners, we will be posting uh, links to all these resources in our show notes. Again, Carolyn, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Take care. So, should the Twitter challenge be about Social Media Sunday or about St. James? Hmm.
That is a provocative question, Holly. I'm a provocative lady, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say you can do what you want. Okay. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. How to honor St. James the Just on hashtag SMS15. Don't feed the social media trolls. Pray for them. Be civil. Love hard. Tweet fast. (laughs) That's awesome. Thanks. Speaking of social media trolls. (laughs) Hashtag St. James was all about reconciliation. I'm guessing he'd encourage at real Donald Trump to change how he tweets for social media Sunday. Hashtag SMS 15. (laughs) Yeah, I'm guessing you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you would like to send us your tweets about Donald Trump or social media Sunday or St. James or anything else that's on your mind, you can do that at the collect call or send us an email at the collect call at acts eight moment dot org. Movement, movement. Oh, accent movement. God. <laughs> oh! Well, that email address still works anyway. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, anyway, and you can find our collection of lesser known uh, souvenirs from Jerusalem at Pinterest.com slash the collect call. And you can find our parent organization, the X8 Movement, on Facebook or Twitter at Acts 8, that's the number 8 movement, or on our website at acts8movement.org. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. Brendan O'Sullivan Hale. Holly Powell. We have just finished recording our 99th episode. We most certainly have. What? So, um, so we're calling it quits. Yeah, yeah, we're done. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a very, well, it's exciting for us, but every episode's exciting for us, really. Yeah. We have we have some special stuff for you next week, so. We do. We're going to have some uh, special interviews mm-hmm. and uh, some, I don't know. We're still putting it together, but uh, we are looking forward to uh, having you join us for episode number 100. Absolutely. And uh, we will talk to you then. Let our mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descend our full homage to